It's all yours. Hi. Thanks. Hi, I'm Phil M., and I'm from New York City, and I'm a compulsive overeater, grateful 100-pound winner in the program. And I just celebrated my fourth year absence anniversary on March 8th, which was last Wednesday. So I'm truly grateful for this program. And I'm just going to go into a little bit of what it was like before and then what it's like now and what I do to maintain my abstinence. So when I was growing up, the best way to start is my parents burnt everything. So the only food that was decent that was served to me as a kid, very dependent on my parents, was lots of fast food. And I grew up in a rural part of Buffalo, New York, and basically I exploded in weight somewhere around kindergarten, pre-K of school. And I also have looked back on photos of that time of my life, and I was a very sad-looking kid. And thanks to the program, I can tell you today that a lot of it was my parents would leave me in the corner to figure things out for myself. And that's the way that I was brought up. I was an only child. And because of that, I had to literally figure out how to do things myself. And these coping mechanisms, per se, had served me well because if I didn't do it, then it was never going to get done. So this is where my trust issues really started. And I think that my overeating disease really started there. And I discovered that, you know, and I kind of remember back in my childhood, it felt like something was missing, like there was a hole inside of me. And it was a hole of sadness. And my mother didn't really understand what she was an addict in her own right. My father was an addict in his own right, too. And they had their own substance issues. And basically, I turned to food because it was readily available when I was a kid. And I really, really loved the food, although it didn't really love me because it made me feel like crap. When I got a dog for my eighth birthday in 1996, he was trained to go running after his food every time I would come home from school or I would go, hmm, and... You know, he knew I meant business with food. And then somewhere along the line in high school, it was Valentine's Day of 2001, I had my first seizure. And I was at the point drinking Pius Coda by the liter, probably six to eight liters a day, big bottles. And my doctor said it was probably the soda that gave me the seizure. So it would be advisable that I restrict it. So I went soda-free in 2001 and haven't had a sip since. At that point, I lost 30 pounds. And I forget the exact weight I was at. I was in the high 200s at that point. And just by drinking diet soda, I lost 30 pounds. So, you know, these substances were very damaging to me. And I knew something was wrong even that early. But I didn't quite have any answer yet for how to cope with it. In college, I found myself all the way up to 400 pounds. And at 400 pounds, I had to become very smart, and I had to come up with systems to handle the light. So when I would go to bed, I would have a clap or something so I could turn the light switch off from across the room because I was out of breath just walking across the room. Like, that was a very difficult thing for me to do. I can't 
can't tell you how many seats I broke in college, how many toilet seats I cracked. Um, so lots of things there that happen. And you know, being overweight is also difficult with clothing. So what I do, I work. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time understanding you. Thank oh, you. Oh, is this better? Yes. Is this better? Uh, sorry. Anyways, regardless, you know, I was wearing clothing that was very loose and fitting, and that's how I made it through college. And in college, I also took a course on nutrition sciences, and I learned how to eat properly, thinking that that would be the solution. So me, with my willpower, managed to get from 400 all the way down to 250. I took that first compulsive bias we talked about in the program. This was way before I got in in 2019. So this would have been like 2007 or so, but I took that first compulsive bite the weight came right back. So that 150 pounds went off. I put on a good 100 pounds. So I got, you know, back into the 300s easily. And I was so out of breath. I was miserable with life, but I figured, you know what, I can just put myself into the college work and it'll go away. Then once I graduated from college, I came to New York City. And in New York City, I got a job and I really put myself into it and here it came the weight back because I was using the job as kind of like a coping mechanism and as that would stress me out I would put weight on and I thought oh it's the job so then I switched the job to a different job and the weight went down the weight went up and little by little I found myself walking into the OE rooms again around 350 pounds in 2019 I had a lot of health issues too at that point. Like my vision was going black randomly. Um, I'll never forget a night when I was walking across the Brooklyn Bridge and the bridge fell, and or at least it felt like it was falling underneath me. The lights were dimming and all of that. And long story short, because of absence, I can look back on it and understand that I have um, clogged arteries. I have sleep apnea. I was chronically tired. I was chronically anxious. So I had the anxiety part of the disease. And I had no solutions. And I thought that the secret to life was pleasing everyone else. So that meant that I was a complete doorman on top of all of this. A very smart one because I graduated college and I was able to hold jobs that paid a lot of money to feed my addiction. So I got into the rooms in 2019. And I was scared to read the big book cover to cover. So I did. And it's the first book I ever read. And in the big book, it talks about this phenomenon of craving, which I completely identified with. And it said, we have lost the power of choice on page 24. It's in italics. I said, huh, I lost the power of choice. Fine. I can go with that. And then it said, there's a solution. Because many of us want to stop, but we need to level our pride. That's what it talks about. I was thinking, well, what pride? I have no ego. I'm a doormat. So then I read a little bit further in, and it goes into, you know, around page 59 on the chapter of how it works, it talks about rarely have we seen a person feel who is 
thoroughly followed our path. And I said, really? And all I really need is rigorous honesty. And all I have to do is 12 simple steps. Okay, I can do that, sure. And my, you know, that night I spoke to my future sponsor. It wasn't quite my sponsor yet, but he asked me, how's all this working for you? Well, between the screaming in the pillow at night to get rid of my stress, which causes sleep apnea, to all of the other dizziness issues and vision blacking out anxiety that I hadn't yet understood was anxiety because I was still in denial with my head way up my arse. Basically, I said to him at 350 pounds, you're right, none of it's working. And I just started laughing a little bit. So I read the big book. I started doing the steps and, and ordered cash and I went through the spiral bound book. And one is powerlessness. Yes, I'm powerless. Life is unmanageable. In fact, I'm an addict. I'm powerless over pretty much everything. I get addicted to anything. So I understand that today. Didn't quite understand it then, but I came to believe. Step two, hope. I've looked around the rooms. I was going to in-person meetings. I still do in New York City. And there's hope. There's a lot of people have recovered. And then step three. This idea of making a decision that there's something greater than myself. I had to learn to trust that this invisible power called God exists. Well, for me, I was able to define it as the clock. Because time keeps moving forward. I do not control time. It's much greater than me. If I wait long enough and I have a little bit of patience, I learn. I learn everything I need to learn. Everything becomes revealed over time. The universe provides me everything I need to live. It gives me air. It gives me an earth. Everything around me, I look at as God now. It's really helped me. And I understand now that if I don't do something at work or work becomes too busy, I don't have to stress about it and turn to food. Because that's what I would do. I would turn to food to get this feeling of blah. And that was a feeling that I was comfortable with because I didn't want to feel happy. I didn't want to feel sad. I didn't want to feel anything but blah. And then, so I learned how to trust a little bit. I did the thorough inventory that Step 4 talks about and I turned it over to my sponsor. I was so peeved off at so many different things. It's unbelievable. And what did I do? I was pushing all that anger down with food. So I've learned to let anger up a little bit. I've learned to let the fear up. I accept that it's there and it's a part of me now. Great. So I told my sponsor and he said, yeah, I've been there too. Great. And he also gave me a list of character defects. And my ego and pride didn't want to deal with this, but I learned I'm a people pleaser. Yeah, I let people walk over me. I want to be perfect. So because I don't trust other people can do it, so I need to trust myself. These are all things that worked in childhood to get me grown up, but they don't serve me today. In fact, they get in my way. And even in the big book on page 63, it says, so we think the problems are of our own making. They are of my own making. There's no question about it today. So I had to get out of my way. 
By this point of the program, I was on step six, probably like three months in. I was already well on my way to weight loss. And finally, I did step seven, humility. So I had to learn that ego and pride want me to talk as much as I can to prove I'm right. Humility suggests I listen, I quiet down, I listen to other inputs. I'm not here to tell you that God removes these character defects overnight. In fact, you know, I still struggle with humility at times today, but it's a lot better than it used to be, and life is a lot more manageable than it used to be after really working the steps. And I'm currently working on my fifth time in the four years I've been in program. So the steps are meant to be repeated. Then there's eight, which is forgiveness. I learned to forgive my parents for what they did as a kid to me. I've learned to forgive everyone in my life. And it's a current process. It takes a lot of work. It's not easy, but I try to forgive and understand. It's given me this perspective of try to understand the other person's perspective and try to understand my part in the problems that I'm causing. And that's what step eight has really done for me. And then we have step nine. I make amends whenever possible. And I used to hate work, used to hate my boss. I made an amends to him because I was doing his job for him. Then he made an amends back to me saying he was an alcoholic making my job difficult. We have a good working relationship now. We have for four years. It's truly a miracle. Step 10, I write a gratitude list every day. I do the resentment worksheet every day. If something peeves me for more than a couple of minutes, it gets ran down. I don't let stuff stick anymore. In fact, um, STD is what a fellow once told me. Become a crap transfer device. And I won't put the explicit there, but I'm sure you can piece it together. So I transfer the stuff from other people. Gentle reminder, you have five more minutes. Sure. Thank you. So I never once hold on to it anymore. And that's helpful. And then, of course, step 11, I pray every day. In fact, I get on my hands and knees at least once a day in the morning. And I take a physical posture of humility to God because every day I wake up is a great day. And it used to be I would say the F-bomb every morning waking up because I didn't want to wake up. Now I say F, yeah, because I woke up. It's a great day to wake up. Then step 12, I carry the message to others. And over the pandemic, I had some slight weight gain issues, but I mostly followed my meal plan. I've been working with a nutritionist. Today I'm staying around 260, 270, depending on the day. Highest weight ever was 400. Thank God I'm not there anymore. You know, I'm grateful for this. And it's one day at a time. It's not perfect, but it's never been better in my life. And what are the tools of recovery that I use every day? Well, plan of eating. I got one from a nutritionist. Right now I'm working on removing dairy, which is yet another problem food I've discovered. I've currently removed all fried foods. I've removed all sugars, at least the recreational variety. And I've removed the majority of flour from my diet. And that has given me great energy. It's given me great independence. And I'm so grateful that I can do this because it's all the work of my higher power. 
sponsorship is another very important tool. I can't keep it unless I give it away, right? So I have a sponsor who gives me his program to the best of his ability, and then I hand it down to my sponsees. When I listen to him, I hear all the craziness, and that's how I discovered I had anxiety because I saw it in other people. They say if you spot it, you got it. So that tool really helped me there. Meetings are really important. They're like daily medicine for me. And I try to get to at least three meetings a week. And I try to do service whenever possible, whether it's staying up to cheers, volunteering to be a co-chair, whatever it might be. And then there's the telephone. I make telephone calls every day. And for quite a while, I used to call just newcomers and welcome them to the program. Now I've learned sometimes when I'm feeling depressed and I realize it, I'll call people in my network that have recovery too because they can help me. And by calling them, I'm also helping them and being of service. And the phone also gets me to meetings. So that's helpful. Um, we have literature and writing. I love the daily readers. I read them every day and then I write about them. Um, and writing gives me a great chance to understand the craziness inside my head because it's a deep, dark place. And if I get on paper, I can start putting together some of the pieces and higher power has really helped me with this. And then we have the tool of action plan, which I create a draft of basically things I want to get done for the day. What gets me out of bed every day, showered, to work, to a meeting, whatever I need. I don't hold myself too accountable, like I won't punish myself, but it gives me a plan or a template to get out of bed and structure all my unstructured time so I'm not sitting on the couch putting in food. And boy, if I had some massive binges in my day um, because I couldn't decide why I wanted to eat and I got so hungry that we just ordered everything. And I've done that before. So I'm so grateful I haven't done that in over six or seven years now. And that has been a godsend too. Then we have the tool of service, which is basically anything that gets me out of my head and into others because this is a disease of isolation and selfishness and self-centeredness. And finally, anonymity. If everything I say here was published out there in the media, I wouldn't be able to say it because I'm ashamed of this stuff. Anonymity gives me the freedom to speak my mind in the room knowing it's not going anywhere. And people only find out I'm in program if I tell them. Nobody else does. And I'm so grateful for that because that helps the shame calm down a little bit to where I can work on recovery and doing the right next actions for me. And finally, I'll leave you with this little bit, which is I've been able to associate feelings to different kinds of foods. So if I'm angry, I want something crunchy. If I'm fearful, I want something smooth. And if I'm being bitter or just generally resentful, I'm probably looking for something salty. And the more I can identify these, the better off I am. And it's all higher power, and it's very much one day at a time. So I'm going to leave it here, but before I hop off, I do want to leave you with a topic tonight and my phone number. So my phone number is 713. Let me, let me, let me, let me uh, stop recording real quick, okay? Before you leave that.